Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Truanon. I'm Brace Belden, and I'm 5'4". And I'm Liz Franzak. And let's not forget our producer, Young Chomsky. That's right. We've got Young Chomsky in the control room, making sure we sound our best. Ready to roll. That's right. And today we're talking about a really timely and controversial topic. Armed robots used by the police. Yeah, this is definitely one of the more pressing issues that our society is facing today. We've seen reports of robots being used in different contexts, but this is the first time they've been used in this way. Definitely. And it's a really interesting topic because it raises a lot of questions about the implications of technology on our society. Right. And it's not just about the technology itself, but about the people and the systems that are using it. What does it mean for citizens when police are using robots? Yeah, and it also raises questions about the ethics of using robots in this way. We're seeing a lot of mixed reactions, from people who think it's a great idea to those who are freaking flipping out about it. Absolutely. So let's jump in and take a closer look at the issue. We'll be talking to experts, activists, and more to get different perspectives on the issue. And we'll also be talking to people who are directly affected by the use of armed robots. So stay tuned and get ready for an interesting and thought-provoking episode. Okay, so I want to actually take um, a little bit of issue with there, Liz. Yes. With you, excuse me. Um, I specifically, when I was when I was working with my partner in uh, the AI program to write this this intro for the episode, mm. I specified that I wanted it to you to use the the phrase "freaking flipping." Did you really? Yeah. I unfortunately, you decided to sort of editorialize and kind of add your own <laughs> twist on that by use by using freaking flipping out. And yeah, I just put a little spin on it, a little funk. I'm just like, I, I, I want to be clear with you. Like, like I get what you're doing. Like, I admire your craft. And like, I think that like, I think that you mo- like, you know what you're, we're do- you're doing podcasting. But like, I, you know, I, I wrote this script for like a pretty specific reason. Actually, you didn't write the script. The robot did. But this is, to our audience, a perfect example of the difference between... Robot and human. Hello, everyone. I'm Liz. And to illustrate the difference even more, in contrast to that, I'm Brace. And of course, we are joined by producer Hyung Chomsky, and the podcast is called True Anon. There we go. We're back. <laughs> We're back. Hello. Hello. Um, yeah, I got to tell you. So, I, I, you know, I, I fed the. Uh, we've been, we've been, we've been using this Chat GPT. Well, thing. Uh, to be clear, I have not been using it because I think it's godless, and I shall not be interacting <laughs> with any kind of robot. No, Liz's funky ass got locked out of the MacBook. However, the boys have been going pretty freaky deaky on it in the the old GC in the group chat, TA group chat, spending some quality time. With the old chatbot. Let me tell you, this thing can write a hell of a rap song. <laughs> we should save that to the end. It's okay. too good. Do you want me to? Because one one idea that I did have on our tour was that I want to I want to start. I can't really do this now because I kind of like outed myself. But like, 
I wanted to like come to you guys with an idea that I wanted to do a rap song, like a really seriously, like, mm. hey, like guys, I have really been thinking about this. Like, I think this would be good for the show. Uh-huh. Like, I think like you know I could kind of get into like some music stuff. Sure. And then put out like <laughs> one of the you know under the, the of course the the trade name Erudite, put out probably one of the worst eight minute long. Probably the funkiest a white boy has ever got. Here's the thing: you're gonna br- you're gonna bring us that, me like I'm gonna play little tricks on them. They're mm-hmm. gonna be like, "This is a terrible idea." Me, I'm flipping the script. I'm saying, "Let's do it." In a heartbeat, I would. In a, in heartbeat. a heartbeat. In a and heartbeat. I, you know what? It's gonna be Erudite by Brace Belden, and I'm gonna have it. That record will be next to your name for the rest of your life. Okay, so it's bad to have something that's Second gold sentence, and circular, like obituary. the story. Oh, that's fine. With what's the first sentence? He was a really nice person. Brace Belden was killed today <laughs> while being bored to death by Liz Franzak, who is also mean. Oh, that's mean. Uh, we are talking about something that I think longtime listeners of the show will know that I hate. Robots. The vile robot. <laughs> and I feel like I used to talk about this a lot more. Robots? Robots. Mm. I hate robots. What's your favorite robot? That's the crazy. That's like being like, <laughs> hey, so like, you know, I know you just got out of Dachau, but like, who was your favorite? Like, of the officers there, like, who do you think was? I like know, the, but the like, sweetest of smile? the <laughs> uh, pop culture robot in the pop culture robot pantheon. Mm. If you had to pick one, who do you got? You know what? Hard to get away from from the noble Terminator. <laughs> Terminator. Yeah. You go Terminator over RoboCop? RoboCop's not a robot. He's a, he's yeah. an android. That's the RoboCop is a sort of a colloquial thing. I know. He's more he's cop too. He's not just robot. Well, we'll get into this more when we discuss what actually is a robot, which is of course yeah. the backbone of almost all sci-fi. Um, who's your favorite robot? I got to go What's her name from the Jetsons? Rosie? Rosie. She's classico. I like her. Also, you know, nice and thick with it. Sometimes I feel like for a guy who grew up like I did, robots were my role models in media. You know, not a lot of robots in movies these days. I don't know. What what movie? I mean, what? Yeah, the they got to make Lotus more robot movies. Has robots in it? Like, it's like, what's going to have robots? Avatar 2? Westworld, Westworld oh, yeah. had robots? That was all about robots. Uh, you know what? Taxi backsies, mea culpa. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what's going on with, with movies these days, but definitely I assume there's probably – since T2, Rise of the Machines, I don't think there's been a lot of like – They I don't think, make robot movies anymore because it's too close to reality. That's true. I know it wasn't. And look at that. I, that was actually – that was a classic – that was a classic Blade Runner Voight Kampf style test <laughs> to see if you were a bit of a robot yourself. judgment day. I have the trading card. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Certainly exhibiting some robot-like behavior here. Um, anyways, they just tried to make a suicide bomb robot in San Francisco. Yeah. So that's why we're talking about robots, not because we're going to talk about robot movies. All right. So – let me see if I can do this. I did not. You know what? A little behind the scenes here. I did put the timestamps of the video that I wanted played right here. Uh, unfortunately, did not put the link to the video, so I That's have to find it. It just says audio around 34 seconds. <laughs> Let's see uh, if I can just do this freestyle. Check this out. How did San Francisco and its mayor, London Breed, go from this in July of 2020 Breed also announced a major $120 million budget cut to the San Francisco Police and Sheriff's Departments. 
that money instead to be spent on addressing disparities in the city's black community. To this just one week ago here in 2022. Now it's seven police robots with the potential for deadly force. The SFPD policy just considered by San Francisco supervisors allowing robots to kill suspects in certain critical situations. You like that? That sounded good. Yeah, we're trying to get on our iHeartRadio style. That was pretty good. Style. Mm-hmm. Real podcasting. Um, yeah, so last week, I believe it was last week, yes, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors voted to approve an SFPD policy that would use, quote, ground-based robots, a.k.a. killer robots. They had a second vote on it, which came down yesterday, which, a little behind the scenes, that's Tuesday. Uh, And the Board of Supervisors actually voted it down, which was a twist, and we were not expecting when we were writing this episode. However, the episode shall go on. Now, the thing to understand about this is that California now requires... Uh, police departments to take stock of all current military-style inventory, and that's like a technical term, military-style, military mm-hmm. um, and scope out what it has and what it will, could, is authorized to use all that stuff for. And then all of that then has to be approved by local authorities, right? So our police departments all throughout the country, uh, they get insane military-grade weapons, not just drones, stun grenades, all that kind of shit, but now apparently also now killer robots. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's it's funny because, like, you know, you mentioned here, like, the their assault rifles, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, AR-15, that's what that stands for, uh, are not actually included in that. Those are those are those are not included in the, like the military style rifles, no or military style weaponry. Well, it is technically a military style weapon. Um, it justifies it. Basically, SFPD has like a shit ton, hundreds, I think, of assault rifles in its inventory, but it doesn't include those in the inventory list because it says that assault rifles are stand standard issue service weapons, which is completely and totally insane. I thought the the famous shotgun in the back of the police car, or like in the, in the front of the police car, but in the back of that area, was the was the was like the big artillery they were supposed to use. Yeah, I mean, you don't see them walking. You don't see cops in SF yet walking around with AR-15s. Like yeah. it's just like not that's <laughs> not a standard you to find issue a, service a cop weapon. in San Francisco walking around at all. But also, more to the point, like actually, that definition is a legal definition, right? That's not something yeah. the SFPD gets to like footsie around with. So, but putting that aside, I, I do want to say that the reason why our police departments are getting all these military-style weapons is because the DOD has a program. It's called the 1033 program, where they just – it enables DOD to un- unload, like, as much excess equipment as they want to state and local uh, authorities, and that's how they all get it, right? And 1033, for those listening, angel number. Is that? It is. Oh. I don't want any angel numbers around Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a that fan in. of that. I think that's dark magic. Leads to these robots. Okay, so this initially came to public attention when Aaron Peskin, who is the chair of the Board of Supervisors, I think the Rules Committee, um, he is also deliriously short. (laughs) I mean, my God, the man makes me look like, I don't know, who's a tall guy? I don't think of whatever 5'8", 5'9", celebrity you have in your head and picture him. I mean, the guy is the guy is a teeny little fella, almost as big as the bottles of liquor that he drinks nightly. Um, little, just, you know, little scuttlebutt around town. The man's a lush. But uh, anyways, he fucking, he, uh, he takes out 
uh, from the SFPD's you know, proposal here, the following sentence, robots shall not be used as a use of force against any person. Mm. That's like, it seems like a, you know, a normal thing to add in, to just say robots shouldn't be used as use of, you no, know, use of no. force. No, they should be used as the classic things of girlfriends and slaves. That's basically the use of a robot. Here's the thing, though. SFPD got that suggestion back, and then they're like, no, and they crossed it out. <laughs> yeah, and this actually, like, this, it was sort of funny to see, actually, the reaction to this, because this did get voted on last week, and I believe it was three against eight for. There's 11 supervisors in San Francisco. The, uh, the people who were against it were Dean Preston, Mm-hmm. Classic D five supervisor and un- has no relation or interest or any connection to this podcast whatsoever. Also, not related to me. To be clear about I'm sorry, that, is that a thing? A lot think? of people seem to think that he is of some relation to me. What? I gotta say, lately he's been looking. His haircut makes. Oh, him this look is more like similar. an ancestry. But we situation. don't. We but we don't actually look the same. People just think any two guys with glasses. People think look the same. Let me. It's one of the biggest yeah. discriminatory. Moves he's got kind of a big nose too. He's got a big nose, but I just have a different facial structure. He's much taller. Um. Yeah, he's like five six, five seven. Uh. So. Air, uh, Dean Preston votes against it. Hillary Ronan votes against it, and Shaman Walton votes against mm. it. Um, everybody else votes for it, and you actually saw a lot of defenses, including from Raphael Mandelman, who's like, "Listen, a lot of people are saying that, like, you know, there's going to be killer robots, but like, you know, they're not actually killer robots." I'm sorry, you got a robot that's specifically designed to kill somebody. I call a spade a spade. That's a killer robot, my man. Yeah. When SFPD struck out that suggestion, they replaced it with this sentence. Robots will only be used as deadly force option when risk of loss of life to members of the public or officers are imminent and outweigh any other force option available to SFPD, which is a pretty crazy statement. And we can get into some of the legal implications of that maybe a little bit later in the show. But there was it's funny because even though this got voted down, um, you know, there was a similar controversy in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Uh, their policy on it was just like a couple months ago, I think. Yeah, it's very recent. Um, their policy on police robots, which is just—I'm sorry, I know that. Look, we get it's an EOD thing. I get Everyone is it. like, no, everyone's like, oh, you guys are boomers, blah blah blah. I'm sorry, saying police robots as a thing that we have to discuss and do an episode on is fucking crazy. <laughs> My thing is, you want to make this sound like a like you want to make me not sound like a boomer. D- don't call it a robot, man. Yeah, that's that's an old fashioned. Well, they word. probably won't in the future because of some legal stuff we're talking about. With Oakland PD, they were really looking at this one device, which was called a pan disruptor. No. I've been, you know what? I've been called a bit of a pan <laughs> disruptor just, myself. Yeah. <laughs> but that actually stands for percussion actuated non-electric disruptor. The disruptor stands for disruptor. Yeah. Um, this is a, quote, gun-shaped device that gets attached to a remote-controlled robot, and then it uses blank shotgun shells to disable a bomb by shooting it with pressurized water. Mm-hmm. And basically, the city council was looking at this, and they were like, huh, and they were talking to the to the PD yeah, 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 yeah. about it, and they were like, all right, but can't, like, could this ever be used in any other situation? And Oakland PD, like, basically begrudgingly after, like, a series of, like, huffing and puffing and, like, very cartoon police sway, like, imagine cartoon pig in, in cartoon police outfit. So charming, yeah. So charming. He's huffing and puffing. He's like, ugh. 
yes, you can replace those blanks with live rounds. <laughs> now, see, I, 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 I read about this and I was wondering, like, if I was this guy, because he actually, he not only says that, like, he actually starts, like, over-explaining, which, yeah. by the way, true and on tip. Never over-explain. Yes or no suffices. Yeah. Especially you know, in a question and answer environment. You don't want to be doing, you're, you're in front of, a, like, a, a committee of some sort. Yeah. Look, you're a cartoon yes. pig. You already have a hard time talking. Or anticipate what the objections might be and then seek to undercut those. But he's basically like, well, they ask him, like, could this, you know, could this be used against a person? He's like, no. Well, yes. And then he prov- proceeds to give like a variety of situations that he's clearly <laughs> thought about uh, where that could absolutely be used against a human being. Yes. So, I mean, one of the things he says, I mean, is it possible you know, we have an active shooter in a place we can't get to and he's fortified inside a house or we're trying to get to a person? Interesting that he says that because there's obviously an incident at the top of his mind. Cut to Dallas, 2016. Bet you didn't think we were going to say that, did you? <laughs> no, 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 folks. A robot did not kill JFK. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I yeah, I could like a, I, I, you know, something people haven't considered is what if Lee Harvey Oswald actually came back from a future time period where JFK had turned into some mm. sort of Hitler type figure. Interesting. And he oh, kind of killed, killed him before. JFK, yeah, but killed he wasn't baby, baby JFK. But he was in a he did. I but mean, he could have. Lee Harvey Oswald was yeah. like, I can't kill a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So back in Dallas, twenty sixteen, right? We're having a hot summer that year. Mm. BLM protests are in full force, in many ways sort of mirroring the much hotter but much sadder Mm. summer of 2020. Somewhat masked. Very masked. Well, somewhat masked summer of 2020. You can't actually catch coronavirus at uh, BLM protests, so (laughs) there was actually no reason for the mask. But um, anyway, so Dallas 2016 – had been a pretty crazy week that week. Uh, there was, uh, I believe that was the same week that Alton Sterling had been executed in Baton, Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge? Bata- I like Baton God. Rouge. Baton Rouge. Uh, and, of course, the video of uh, Philando Castile, mm. actually a uh, a live stream um, of him being killed, which is a really tough video to watch. Those had both recently happened, and those had come out. Right, and mm-hmm. so there was going to be this this protest in downtown Dallas, actually pretty much near where the JFK robot assassination had happened. Um, Mika Johnson, Army vet. One article from NBC has his former squad mates calling him klutzy and goofy, which I got to say, insane adjectives to use. Yes, uh, when they served together in the. No shit, 420th Engineering Battalion. He was a mason and a carpenter in the Army, and he was deployed to Afghanistan. You know, basically like a veteran, but not like some like crazy PTSD or right, going right, back right. to American Sniper. The guy who shot American Sniper style veteran. Right. But also American Sniper himself. Uh, so the guy says, I mean, I, maybe I have too many details here, but, you know, he's he, this is a pretty much a forgotten shooting, even though it was a pretty major one. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest attacks specifically on police officers in our great nation's history. Um, but <laughs> sorry, Liz gave me a look after I said that. But I, you know what? I'm going to keep rocking through it. So big protest happens, right? It's sort of towards the end. We're getting towards the, the evening, the night. And a car pulls up. This is right near – we're near a, a college, uh, downtown campus mm. in, in, in Dallas. And a guy gets out, talks to a few different police officers, and then shoots them all. 
and over the next several hours gets in a running gun battle with the police through the college campus until basically he is cornered uh, and is sort of stuck in, well, he's stuck, but he's also got the, I guess, the Dallas police officer stuck uh, in down like a long hallway where Mm. he's firing from. So there's also a famous move during this fight that I should mention here because those of you who studied urban combat will no doubt have seen this where Mika Johnson is sort of like engaged in a pretty close quarters shootout with a police officer around these pillars uh, outside of a building in downtown Dallas. Does he go behind the pillar? Well, they're both behind pillars sort of shooting at each other. He goes behind, shoots at the ground to distract the officer in one direction, and then goes behind the cop in the other direction, bam, blows him away. Are you telling me this is a video game move? I'm telling you. You know what? I don't even know if video games possess the technology where you could do a move this advanced. Mm. It's a pretty crazy move. Um, Anyways, he he ends up shooting, I think it's like maybe nine cops? Killing nine cops, I believe. Uh, But the, you know, which is... Police do not like when one of them get killed, let alone nine of them. Yeah. Pretty deadly day for the force. Wounds, of course, a bunch of other ones. At the end of the at the end of this little chase to the college, he's sort of holed up at the end of this hallway, blasting back at officers. They're shooting at him. One of the big things is they say, like, oh, we expended 200 rounds shooting at this guy. What? I don't know. That's not that many rounds. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know. Because half the time people are shooting these things, they're kind of just popping off. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're just going like, all crazy. These aren't yeah, like yeah, yeah. aimed shots. Crazy ca- know, well, it's right? Dallas, too. Crazy cowboy cops. Exactly. Well, they do only have six shooters, which yeah. is why he he very much outmatched them with his assault rifle. Um, but uh, police, you know, report him as saying black power, you know, all this stuff. This is – there's a lot to get into for maybe a different episode about sort of the story around this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they were, so, they were sort of uh, implying that he was a member of a black nationalist group, although it never actually came out that he was a member of any sort of organized group or anything like that. Anyways, two hours pass. The police are impatient. They're being taunted by Johnson, who is saying classic quips like, how many of you guys did I kill? Or uh, – I think I might kill some more of you guys. <laughs> so they say. Um, but there's absolutely no way that they're going to take this guy alive. Yeah. I mean, no. you shoot a cop, your chances of getting out of whatever situation in, you're in alive, it, it goes down by quite a bit. You shoot nine cops, you're at zero percent. Yeah, totally. So the police eventually send in a robot behind a wall near where Johnson is located. Now, this is a remote Remotech F5A bomb disposal robot sold by Northrop Grumman with a pound of C4 strapped to it. They detonate the bomb and Johnson dies in the blast. And the robot. You know what? Actually, the robot does not die, which is something that should be mentioned. This EOD robots uh, are famously very resistant to bombs. The robot was damaged. But I believe after, of course, recuperating from his wounds with his, you know, wife and newborn child uh, was probably put back into active duty. But no, the robot actually survived the blast. Fascinating. Um, But this was the first case of an unmanned vehicle killing a U.S. citizen in the United States. In fact, not even just an unmanned vehicle. I mean, listen, who among us hasn't put an apple down on the fucking gas pedal and had that fucking guy don't go down a hill and, you know, yeah. streets of San Francisco? And how many of us haven't died, you know, have died in Tesla crashes? True. Well, it's manned. You're just not really in control. <laughs> but uh, this is actually the first case of a robot being used to assassinate a human being that we know of mm. in the United States. 
Um, the justification by, from the police was that the police could possibly face injury or death, which I got to say, yeah, 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 I mean, that's kind of... Kind of big part of the job. Well, that's how the you know the police forces justify the use of these things. Is they say, okay, this is going to keep the safety of officers, like you know, this this will keep them more safe, and this will make the officers more comfortable in doing their job, or whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, and we'll see that you know as we kind of go through this, even more so when they kind of describe future uses for them. So like you could see a robot now stopping you. You know, coming up to inspect your vehicle, yep. rather, and the cop is staying in the car, for example. Mm-hmm. But it's always, always, always justified by saying that you know it's taking care of the officers. Yeah, yeah, and and, and even an even more broader justification for this, because you know, I think I think even the police as pig-headed as they can be sometimes, realize that that's not always the best justification for the general public to accept mm. things like this. Is that it saves lives? That's a huge. That's a huge. Um, Reason that EOD robots are are so popular and that that, that their use was so uh, that like you know when they were first deployed in Northern Ireland, which we'll get to for in a second, um, was was justified to the general public is that like well these are saving lives well right. they're saving the the officers lives maybe or they're saving like maybe maybe they are but the 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 general thing is that like they're protecting civilians that's how you're supposed to think of these things and really we see that justification the whole way down from like EOD robots to drones. But specifically, I do want to get into how did we get to the to the era, basically, where the SFPD, presumably using the example of the 2016 attack in Dallas, is basically trying to justify the use of what are essentially explosive killer robots. Yes. So the since the popular imagination, as people like Liz tend to call it, but um, – as I would call it, since 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 man first began to dream about robots or automatons, there's been a lot of space taken up. But thinking about how are these things going to fucking eventually turn on us and kill us, right? Mm. I call this. Uh, oh, I really got to think of a pithy name. Ter- terminated mind. Mm. That's my uh, that's my annoying verso book about it, um, but there's basically been attempts at suicide robots ever since we got robots to function a little bit like you would think they would in like the modern day, right? So one of the first ones was called the Kettering Bug. This now, was... if we called robots bugs, way cuter. What about Kettering, the Roomba? Kettering Bug sounds very cute. It sounds like it's going to do a dance. You know what? I'll be honest. Before we get into any of this history stuff, what's your take on the Roomba? I don't like Roomba. I don't like Roombas either. First of all, too loud. Hugely noisy. Very loud. Yeah. And I don't like that it just does its thing. I don't like the First of all, it's mapping my house, which yeah. I got to be honest with you. People always say that. I'm like, what is your house? I mean, I could map anyone's house if I walked in there in two seconds. What, you have a, a one bedroom and a bathroom? Yeah, but- Maybe a little kitchen? You're not selling your the map of your house to like 85 85- Billion advertisers. No, I sell it to our highest patrons. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, but I don't like Roombas. I feel like they steal jobs from uh, boyfriends who like maybe don't know how to do a ton of like around the house stuff. Except, but I do know they do know how to vacuum stuff like that. I feel like that should be maybe illegal on that in just for that alone. I just think it's too loud, and I don't like. You know, here's the other thing. Me, I'm not. I don't like the element of surprise. I love the element well, of surprise. Well, look, I yeah. don't like surprise on me. I don't like surprises. Fair enough, yeah. So when I see something moving in the corner of my eye, I don't like that. In my own home, no way. I don't like it either. I can't get used to that. 
Well, the company that makes the Roomba iRobot also makes... Uh, you can't call your robot company iRobot. Yeah, well, you clearly can, although I do Wait, say, I will say... That was a very famous... With Will Smith? Uh, well, I actually haven't seen the movie. A much more famous book than the movie, I believe. Oh. I believe the movie is... is not very well known, but yeah, but iRobot itself was. The, the, it didn't Wait, they just named their company after famous books by Isaac Asimov. Isaac Asimov. Hey, you yeah. can't do that. That's like where they developed the rules of like whether robots should be able to kill you and all mm. that kind of stuff. But that's disproved in the book. I mean, that's the thing is they come up with the rules, and then both reality and the very book that those rules surface in really just go and show us the opposite, right? So, anyways. The Kettering Bug, which was basically like, uh, you know, this is happening during World War One. They're inventing it. So it's like a biplane with a bunch of bombs in it. That's supposed to be, uh, I think it was radio controlled. Okay. Back then, people were flipping all sorts of switches and making yeah, things yeah. do things. A lot of knobs and switches. Happening. A little closer to a guided missile, really, than a plane or, excuse me, than like a robot or anything. But we're, we're, we're sort of seeing where things would end up. The French... You know, tinkerers that they are, a gnomish race, uh, also had an unmanned explosive vehicle they employed around the same time that tanks that sort of looked like a tank a little bit. Mm -hmm. That was also unmanned explosive vehicle. But the actual tank filled with those brave boys from Alsace, um, those were actually – those kind of overshadowed it. I don't okay. think they actually ever deployed their little fake robot into battle. So the French – in the interwar period, when uh, the rest of the country was busy, uh, I mean, the French were doing a lot of weird shit back then. They were trying to be like the, the French attempts at fascism. Some of the most pathetic things you could ever point to anywhere in history. I think they do a pretty good job of it nowadays. I, but exactly, but it looks nothing like it did. No, right? it's quite modern. Yeah, exactly. So. While everyone else was doing all those wacky shit in politics, some French tinkerers were working <laughs> on a small remote-controlled demolition vehicle. So this is, I believe, based on the attempt that they made during World War I to make this little fucking, you know, driving bomb. Anyways, famously, the Germans, get this, guys, invade France. What? Take that son of a bitch over. Wow, I totally missed that part. Yeah, they're like, you know history. what we need to put in charge here? One of the oldest men in history. Yeah. Philip Patain. <laughs> I mean, let's uh, you guys, it's, they actually put, the, the, the Germans, so respectful of French culture, actually put the oldest man in charge of France at that time that they could find. Anyways, they find this little prototype, and Germans that they are, thieves and rats, all of them. Not you if you're listening to this. They take that thing back. They tinker with it themselves. And uh, create a device called the Goliath, which is a little bit ironic um, because it's a tiny little guy, you know, maybe the size of a hug. And uh, it is like a little tracked vehicle that's filled with bombs and controlled by wires. And you drive it up to your little like, mm. I don't know, I guess they're the Nazis, so probably some people who really didn't deserve it. And then you blow them up with it. And so they, they created bigger and bigger versions of this. And they actually employed it quite a lot. Um, you know, of this, uh, basically a remote controlled car filled with explosives. This is, I believe, the genesis of the bomb that killed Mika Johnson and mm. the ones that the, um, that the SFPD would like to use on people in San Francisco today. Yeah, is they the, just finally went wireless. It's the Nazi Goliath. Is is what the SFPD wants to unleash, and I and I'm not even I'm not even kidding. It's essentially the same thing. Mm. So 
Okay, we've got your little, uh, you know, we've got our little suicide vehicles here. But I think we also kind of have to, if we're getting to where we actually get today, I think we have to take some other things into consideration here, right? So World War II ends. Oh, no, so scary. Everyone has robot fever now, right? We're all crazy about the golden age of science fiction that's happening. So America is going crazy for this stuff. You know, DARPA's out there, MIT's out there. Basically, every nerd in America who, by the way, if all these people had been locked up or killed by either the Soviet Union or some sort of devastating brain virus throughout this period, we've been in a much better place today. Anyways, they invent this thing called Shaky the Robot. Shaky? Yes. This was invented at Stanford, I think in the late 50s, and it's got like a little camera on it. It's basically the first modern day thing that we would recognize as like a robot. Mm. So the early 1970s also saw the introduction of the first Explosives Ordnance Disposal, which EOD, robots onto the battlefield. This happened in Northern Ireland, where Mm. the Irish were battling the British over who could be less Jewish. And uh, the first thing that they they come up with is called the wheelbarrow. And I think they actually still use versions of the wheelbarrow today. Um, you know, the IRA was getting pretty good at, you know, these bombs, these fucking car bombs, these regular bombs, these street bombs, all kinds of bombs. And so the British were constantly using, in, in fact, employing these EOD robots that they had just invented throughout the rest of the time of the Troubles. And it's actually, you can see some pretty... Um, I don't want to say funny, but they're definitely funny pictures of like this little Wally looking robot, like, you know, going through the streets of Northern Ireland while like these British people are like hiding behind the walls with their guns. So EOD robots famously constantly used the whole world over, right? Mm. I mean, this is kind of a guy comes up to me now at, at the cop bars that I hang out with to meet boyfriends at, and he tells me, Oh, I work at EOD. I'm like, So what? You control a little robot? Like, suck my dick, dude. You don't do anything. EOD robots used in, like, every fucking police department, used on every battlefield. I mean, they are they are a very – they're probably the most prominent use of what we would call, like, the robot uh, in American police departments, except for, of course, New Orleans Police Department, which does have a C-3P. I'm going to regret this. So, okay. Elsewhere in the 1970s, or actually the late 1960s, in Vietnam, the U.S. Army, one of the most benevolent organizations in human history, was deploying laser-guided munitions and so-called, like the early, basically the earliest instances of so-called smart munitions. Mm. So this is also really an introduction where we hear a lot about how precision attacks save lives, right? And of course, like... The classic, I mean, in a classic American tactic of, like, terror bombing and, like, just fully, like, just unloading, like, dummy bombs constantly, like, in B-52s over, you know, cities and battlefields. Like, you know, they do kill a lot of people. But I think the contrast here between the so-called smart munitions saving lives and sort of the dummy bombs, like, losing, like, killing people or whatever, they both kill people. Right. And I think it really, it's it's an obfuscatory whatever you pronounce it, tactic basically used by propagandists for, you know, the war machine. Anyways, um, we also see the introduction of UAVs, which is unmanned aerial vehicles, uh, which have technically been in use in some form for like a very long time. But the ones that we know essentially as drones uh, really started with the, um, you know, similar thing to how like the guided missiles started with like these planes that they were kind of launching out of airfields during the First World War. World War II, they kind of create this even crazier one, which is like an old B-17, and it's like they actually have a pilot up there for a second. He takes off, arms the bombs, he jumps out, 
The rest of the way is controlled by remote control. In fact, John F. Kennedy, later to be killed by robots, mm. his older brother, he's up there. He's one of these pilots. He's like, I'm taking off. This thing's heading to Germany. I'm going to fucking set this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take off. I'm going to get level. I'm going to turn the bomb on, and then I'm going to parachute out like I'm supposed to do. Not so fast, young man. Bomb goes off early. What could have been? Oh, my God. J.K. Jr. J.K. Jr. I know. Joseph. I wonder if it's a P. Kennedy Jr. I actually don't know his middle name, but Joe Kennedy Sr. Real piece of shit, by the way. Anyways, technology advance. Drones get improved upon. I mean, drones, as they are, get invented. And in addition to their use as reconnaissance vehicles, which is what they've traditionally been used for, uh, they actually begin carrying deadly payloads as well. Israel is sort of the first pioneers of this. Mm. Um, I believe somewhere I read that Iran have had one that was like armed with an RPG in the 80s, which is kind of cool to think about. But drone as drone didn't really come into its own until, of course, the classic Afghanistan, right? That would be America, not, that would the, be, Afghanistan, not, not the Taliban. Afghanistan invented these things in the 1960s <laughs> during their industri- push for industrialization. No, so no, the Predator drone. Everyone knows the Predator drone. Mm-hmm. That's like the symbol of... I would say like the Bush years would be the Predator drone. To me, the real Predator drone is, hey, how are you? My name is Brace. I play in an indie rock band. Mm. You look so old. Um, So, yeah, the Predator drone saw its first combat use in Afghanistan, like I think just like a few, maybe a a week after the invasion started. I mean, we've been flying unmanned, uh, like unarmed rather drones over Afghanistan for a while before that. But we really started rocking people with the hellfires. Right after 9-11, and we kind of haven't stopped. Yeah. I, I guess mean, the Predator drone, very clunky. It's got kind of a bulbous Yakubian forehead. It's like not – it's, you know, it's definitely like a big boy. It's a fatty. It's not it's a fatty. It's not sleek. It's not sleek. I mean, those things are big. And have you seen the little cages they keep these little yeah. freaks who drive them in? Yeah. Good God, man. <laughs> Do you imagine what those things smell like? If there is a drone operator on this earth who doesn't stink like shit, then I will eat my own shoe. My God. So anyways, now it is very normal, actually. Uh, And sort of people don't even really think about it. But there are literally an unknown amount of American robots that fly over various countries we are not at war with that are ready to rain down destruction, including, in some cases, this giant flying knife. At people, which is a new kind of bomb they came up with, um, at a moment's notice. So we have essentially this, 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 like these flying terminators all around the world that are ready to basically off anyone we don't like, no matter what. You know, it's fitting too that the last U.S. drone strike in Afghanistan, when we were still in Afghanistan, was actually, of course, on a civilian. I mean, this is, I mean, a huge topic that has been covered extensively, but. Obviously, the death toll from these, uh, you know, these 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 precision guided munitions, these these drones that are supposed to be, you know, preventing combat deaths or preventing, you know, excess deaths in general, have often been used to on totally civilian targets. I mean, it is it is it is astounding how many just regular people they kill. Uh, a lot of the times on purpose, you know, to seed terror in these countries. Um, I have also had a grenade dropped on me from a drone, um, not on me on a building I was in, but, um, you know, the sort of smaller drones, even like, you know, civilian, civilian drones essentially are often repurposed, uh, in combat now by let's say non-state actors mm. to serve as sort of, um, 
crude bomb dropping devices. Yeah. Recycled. Exactly. Again, though, almost all of the things that we've described here are controlled by a human operator, mm -hmm. right? That's a human operator controlling the robot, but right. it's a human operator involved to begin with. Right. So in 2020, during a failed offensive by the Libyan warlord Khalid Haftar, mm, we've mentioned on the show the before, show. old friend yeah. of the pod, <laughs> uh, Turkey, which was backing his rivals and the government of National Accord, of course, had them on the pod as well, kind of tried to do like a Rogan style, like, you know, guys, we're all kind of smoking, smoking a little weed here. That did, that did not go well and that episode will never be released. Anyways, Turkey used autonomous drones to harry and harass Haftar's forces while they were retreating. So according to a UN report on the subject, logistics convoys and retreating HAF were subsequently hunted down and remotely engaged by the unmanned combat aerial vehicles or the lethal autonomous weapon systems, such as the STM Cargo 2 and other loitered munitions. The lethal autonomous weapon systems were programmed to attack targets without requiring data connectivity between the operator and the munition. In effect, a true fire, forget, and find capability. So what that's saying there is killer robots. Yeah, that's a robot. That is I was going to say, so it's like up until, like we said, up until this point, I think what we were talking about, even with drones, even, you know, people don't really think of those as robots, right? Some of that, I think, is because we've become so used to this technology that mm -hmm. because of that, our, you know, our understanding of kind of what this stuff is feels like it's like more and more normalized. And so we don't think of it as something like so future sounding as like robot. For sure. I mean? Yeah. On the other hand, like you mentioned, all of the stuff previous to when we got to Libya uh, were remote controlled by operators. Mm -hmm. And so they weren't ever making decisions themselves. They weren't, you know, they were just sort of like, I, you know, they're a little thing that can deploy something, but a person has to say yes, no, yeah, whatever, yeah, based on whatever reconnaissance or not the thing gives it, right? Whatever mm -hmm. data it feeds. Okay. What we're saying here is that in 2020, that changed. Yeah. And we saw an actual autonomous, I don't know, robot. It's a robot. It's a I'm fucking sorry. Robot. It's a killer robot. Here, here, Kill yeah. somebody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the thing, like, we're not robot experts. We're not drone experts. I would say we're laymen on the subject, right? Gladly so. I will never take the side of the robot. Yeah. But this is what it looks like to me. I'm not, a, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a dumb guy. I'm not a smart guy. I'm a regular guy. And I'm seeing this stuff here, and I'm seeing a robot killing a human being in the desert with no human input. Mm. And that, to me, raises my hackles. As it should. I mean, I think, okay, you know, with all robot and artificial intelligence content, and we can talk about the difference between those two, if there is or what or whatever, if we want. Um, but it brings up a ton of interesting kind of like legal, ethical, you know, debates, questions, whatever. Like in the intro, what the chatbot said, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like it, like we kind of detailed. In the Dallas shooting, the robot lacked any ability to make any kind of independent decision. Yeah. Right? It was an unmanned vehicle. And the decision was made by the police, yeah. right, to, to to end the standoff with the detonation. But mm -hmm. it wasn't the robot that decided that. Yeah, yeah. Which is an important distinction. And technically, that robot what now I'm just let's, you know, taking a step back. Technically the robot wasn't designed to harm people. No. And it didn't have any ability to make any independent decision, right? So it's sort of like being ramshackled, 
you know, kind of like make make use. Yeah, they strapped a pound of C4 yes. to a robot whose actual purpose was Big to disarm human intervention bombs. there. Yes. Totally. So I think in general, when we think of robot, at least when I think of robot, because mm-hmm. I want to talk about this, um, we th- don't think of just like a vehicle without a person in it. No. Right? I mean, that's just like, I don't know. It just, it doesn't feel like a robot yet. No, 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 no. We think of AI or what's also known as artificial intelligence. We're thinking of we're thinking of an R2D2 or a C3PO. Yeah, basically look, there's no agreed upon definition of what a robot is. Um which is good for the sci-fi genre, mm-hmm. but bad for the legal system. Um I think there's a lot of debate over what actually is artificial intelligence. I we don't have to get into the weeds about that, although I'm curious what you think a robot is. Um, you know, it's funny. I actually, it's one of those things with, with a lot with me is I know it when I see it, but I'm saying a little metal guy, whether it's an arm or a whole guy or even something that doesn't look like a guy, but I'm going to say even these little crawlers and an R2D2 type robot as opposed to a C3PO type robot. And I think, and I'm not even like saying this for effect on the show or whatever. I think they should all be extremely illegal. No, but like what is but like what do you think constitutes robot? Like when does it go from un, unarmed un yeah. sorry, unmanned vehicle to to robot? Oh, like when does it go when does it go from being like an RC car mm-hmm. to a robot? Yeah. I'm saying RC cars are little robots, but they have they're more they're more androids because they have a man connected to them. Pause. But uh I would say I don't know actually. I don't exactly know. So I think I mean, it's an interesting debate. Like, we could get stoned and go to a freshman dorm or whatever and get and get freaky with it. We actually couldn't because that would affect my sobriety, but I mean, that's okay <laughs> if you think that. Um, I hate to quote this guy. Sebastian Thrun, who's the director of the AI lab at Stanford, I think has, like, a pretty uh, decent, like, definition, which is that, it, you know, for artificial intelligence, which I do think a robot requires. Interesting. I don't, but okay. go on. I, I think that... When we think of robot, yeah, I think decision-making is important. But he says that it's the ability of a machine to perceive something complex and make appropriate decisions, although I might quibble with his use of appropriate there. Um, but I do think that that kind of gets us closer to maybe something. So I, I think I think where we maybe differ on our definitions is I don't think a robot needs AI. I think a robot can have either a simple or complex algorithm which is you often see AI. Right, okay, just a machine thing that does something. Totally, right. Okay, so, okay. Uh, I'm with so you. I'm with on you. Our, on our way back from our wonderful shows in San Francisco, right, our, our way back here to ooh, ever so cold New York shitty, um, I, uh, I was an SFO, of course, denied entry to the Admiral's Lounge due to the incident. Wonderful airport. Mm-hmm. Great airport. It's the best airport right? in the country. Fantastic airport. Calm. Calm. Well, here, here's me calmly trying to get my damn matcha latte, and what do I see but a robot arm behind a kiosk, right? And this thing, I've seen videos of it before. I don't like it. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try for one of the nastiest drinks I can get, a matcha latte. And so I put my uh, card. I actually don't have a tap card. I do have a debit card with about a third of the stripe that fell off after I dropped oh on the ground a couple months ago. What is going on in your wallet? You always have like broken cards and... Like things getting demagnetized. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's because I carry a lot of dangerous shit in my sweetheart. <laughs> uh, anyways, I, I I pop that in, 
It accepts. And it makes me one of the worst drinks I've ever had in my life. But there's a crowd of sort of like gaping onlookers. Mm, looking at this thing. And you know, this thing doesn't, it's not AI, right? Like it, it's pre-programmed to do a certain number of tasks. But there is no job that I've ever had in my life, including as we saw from that fucking chat GPT bullshit podcaster that could not be replaced by AI or by, excuse me, by an ex- even a complex algorithm for the most part. And so my thing is this is all of it. I don't like any of it. Even a yeah. simple complex algorithm, whatever. If a man can do it, a man should do it. You know? They're, it's Listen, these things are job killers. <laughs> yes, they definitely are. I mean, they're going to they're gonna kill just the simple predator drone. I mean, because AI is definitely coming to drone warfare. 100%. Um, it's funny. There's like a lot has been made in like pop- – there's been all these like movies in the past like decade or so – about like the perils of being a drone operator, which I was kind of like thinking back on when we were kind of going through the notes for this. Um, the tech exists to push this even further and put those yeah. hardworking drone operators out of work. You know, the tech act. The tech actually exists right now to put those hardworking drone operators <laughs> into a <laughs> six foot hole. In 2020, the Army equipped an MC1C Gray Eagle drone. Which I just, just as a side note, I fucking hate our names for weapons. Yeah, I, I, yeah, hundred Predator. I got to be honest with you, Predator is a pretty sick name. Okay, I'll give you Predator. Hellfire also a sick name. Gray Eagle sucks. Gray Eagle is awful. Patriot, horrible. I God, hate it. I hate it all. Anyway, whatever. It's just corny. Okay, so DoD or excuse me, the Army. They put they equipped this drone. With the Maven Smart System and an algorithmic inference platform, mm-hmm. it uses sensor data and turns it into target info. And then, based on that info, selects the best weapon for response to a given threat. All of that, fully autonomous, right? Now, they, they put on a big show with this thing. And the big show was that, you know, they're like, okay, this is AI. This is machine learning. You know, you've got the timeline. You've got data collection. Then the weapon system is engaged. All of that was shortened from what used to take 20 minutes to 20 seconds. Yeah. So the tech exists. Um, There was – I found this, like, horrifying quote from Brigadier General Ross Kaufman, Mm. naturally friend of the show. He said, so obviously the technology exists to remove the human, right? The technology exists. But the United States Army, and I swear to God, this is a direct quote, but the United States Army, an ethical-based organization, that's not going to remove a human from the loop to make decisions of life or death on the battlefield, right? We understand that. I'm not sure we understand that. I don't think we understand that. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about all of this, Liz, is this is a slippery fucking slope. Right. Yes. There actually there have been um, various attempts at making international laws to to basically ban what would be AI controlled robot warfare. But I guarantee you this: that will not happen. Well, the federal government is already spending a shit ton of money on robotics research. Everyone is researching robotics. It's, yeah. You know, inexpe- inexpensive and sophisticated tech is going to be extremely attractive to police forces. Like, just as it has been to the military, you know what I mean? Regardless of the intent and design. And I think that's, like, an important thing, right? It's like, you know, I'm not a tech person, okay? I'm not as I, – I swear I'm not as stupid as sometimes I play on the podcast about this stuff. But I do think that there is a bit of um, naivete yeah, or, let's say, 
shirking of responsibility in the tech sector on the development of some of this stuff and then its possible use cases, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, and part of that is, uh, you know, complicated because, you know, especially with a lot of the computational technology, a lot of it's like understanding how it will be used comes in then feedback from the user, right? Yeah. I understand that. Um, but that's very tricky and sticky when the user is police forces or yeah. the U.S. military. You know what I mean? And this is like a direct quote from the U.S. government on this. They said – uh, it really started with this idea that commercial industry, Silicon Valley, had come up with techniques going back to, you know, 2008, 2009, when the sort of deep learning kind of revolution happened. Mm -hmm. The idea was, let's bring in industry. Let's sort of translate what you're doing in Silicon Valley in commercial. We want to give you military scenarios to see what you can do with that. Yeah, And that's where all of this is converging, right? And it's really, you know, you, you start working through a lot of this stuff, especially when we're talking about specifically the police force, yeah. right? Like how is, you know, you mentioned, you know, kind of the legal area, right? Mm -hmm. When we think about, you know, to get a little heady here for a second, it's like when you think about what is, you know, theoretically an intent, you know, reaching for a fully automated system, yeah. right? Yeah. What does then due process mean in a fully automated system, right? How wh How is that even possible? Yeah. You know, theoretically. And obviously, you know, it's like there's a lot of sci-fi that, that has covered. All of, I'm not trying to like no, blow totally. anyone's mind. But I want to bring this back specifically to like police forces. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of this will come down to how we cl we classify robots, <laughs> which sounds insane, like under the law. Like w this is totally uncharted territory. You know what I mean? Like is machine learning technology? Is it something else? Is it property? Is it human? Is it another legal category? Yeah, is yeah. it animal? Is it slave? Is it child? I know this sounds insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like putting this stuff in the, in, in the framework of policing is super interesting, right? Because, you know, Human police, which sounds weird to say, but I'm well, there's just, dog police. Yes, but I'm talking about human police here. You know, they're legally allowed to. I mean, you know, give me, be generous with me when I'm talking about this. Okay, they're legally allowed to resort to force, right? Including yeah. deadly force, which we all know, um, and claims of excessive force against police. Those get judged under the legal standard of quote, objective reasonableness, which is, you know, under the Fourth Amendment, right? Yeah. Okay. So the Supreme Court has really shied away from defining out in any kind of, like, list what factors could be used in determining what is what constitutes reasonableness in any given scenario in these, like, excessive uh, force cases. And so instead what you what, – what's kind of, like, been um, given as direction is a really, like, mucky – confusing legal doctrine that's really notoriously difficult to kind of, you know, mm -hmm. um, articulate. And it's all done on a case-by-case -case basis. Okay. We all know this, right? We all know that the police is given, like, extreme generosity from the courts and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and determining what is, like, reasonable. And But for the most part, you know, courts have maintained that police are forced to make split-second decisions about the, uh, the amount of force required in any given scenario. As an aside, I think there's some pretty interesting, there's some interesting like um, people who have problematized 
just that idea. Yeah. The idea that excessive force relies on split-second decisions by the police, I think, is very easily contested. Um, and that, you know, would completely undermine a lot of, you know, these Fourth Amendment cases. Anyway. But basically, that's all to say the cop, you know, the courts have given the cops a lot of deference um, when they testify and they believe that their lives were in danger, right? Mm-hmm. Very much so, yeah. Even if and when those fears turn out to be mistaken, which is an important thing to note. Okay, so what does that have to do with robots? Now, there's a couple things to think through here, right? Like I said, what is a robot? Like legally, what category does the robot fall under, right? You know, the thing is the, the categories that, that, you know, when when this gets decided inevitably, mm-hmm. right, it's going to get carved out in the coming decades as these cases appear before the courts and the courts are going to use analogies in order to understand robots and justify those rules, right? So that will deter like how the, the the law you know compares them to children slaves computers property animals humans right is going to determine whether or not a robot could be liable for using excessive force right yeah. and you can like you know if robots let's say let's push it out right if robots are property right let's just say that okay if robots are property then there's no legal basis for them to defend themselves against a human attack, even if they're operating a policing role. So you can see how, from a legal basis, from the legal standard, if it's a piece of property, it cannot defend itself, right, against a human attack. So, so, so for instance, this is, this is like, I mean, it would be like the same thing as me shooting a police car rather than shooting a police officer. Exactly. And so a police car isn't allowed to have a machine gun on top of it that comes out it's you know through this sort of like separating plates and then scans the area and then shoots me, and so why should a robot? I mean, you can you know there you know let's use a different analogy, right? Let's say it's an animal. Well, is then what if is cruelty to robots going to be criminalized? Right? These are interesting questions. I mean, there was a case where a robot. There was like, do you guys remember? There was like that robot. I'm just, Forgetting, I don't have it here in front of me, but it was like a robot that was found dismembered by in like a mountain. Like it was like a hiking robot, and like all these people like dismembered it in some kind of like (laughs) I don't know, maybe it's like a Donner Party LARPing situation. But um, you know, a lot of people in response to that pushed back because they were like, "Oh, this is showing our," you know, I mean, a lot of reason why we have animal cruelty laws and other sorts of. Uh, you know, they're they're kind of like to map out what we as a society say are like, you know, it's not a utilitarian thing, right? It's because yeah. this is, you know, this this goes against a fundamental, um, like, I don't know, moral principle that we have as a society. And so many people yeah. were pointing to that as... You know, you know, with the robot, the hiking robot or whatever, dismemberment, saying, look, this shows that we need to, you know, protect the robots because it shows something so ugly about our own nature. Right. Now, if they're similar to animals, then how does that shift for police robots then become? Are they then police dogs that you could see that kind of scenario? Mm-hmm. What about damage? What about hacks when these things inevitably malfunction? Right. Who bears responsibility if. For the mistakes of the robot, you know, if it's if it causes you know a threat to be misjudged because of a hack or because of a malfunction, which will inevitably happen, right? And then it uses disproportionate force. Who's liable? I mean, these are all like really 
I mean, and this isn't even like scratching the surface. We Not haven't even talked all. about what about when there's criminal robots? So now you've got police robots fighting criminal robots. What about the use of excessive force there? If a, if a, if a police robot isn't a human, then a criminal robot isn't a human. And so yeah. there cannot be any excessive force. Well, it's, I mean, but then you get also onto like what about when there's, you know, robot wars that are fought. Yeah, using, I know. It sounds you know? so insane. But I, it's all it, – all of this is – you know, I, this is very long and, and kind of weedy, I guess. But like – all of it's to say that these like legal this legal regime is completely and totally uncharted. There are no laws governing any of this stuff. And so what happens, you know, in these cases, in the case of Dallas, or if we see more and more forces, like police forces deploying these yeah. robots and I mean uh, this stuff is going to happen in the next 10 years we're going to start seeing cases. I mean that's that that's the thing is like this stuff can seem like I don't know, all, you know, so futuristic and so like, yeah, like, oh, I'm just smoking weed and having this theoretical thing in the college dorm. But like the fact of the matter is, right, there have been kills, confirmed kills by autonomous weapons. Okay. And, you know, there was autonomous weapon. I talked about the drone too, but like Germany, I know, invented like an autonomous gun that can shoot down projectiles from the sky. Like a big thing that is used by, let's say, non-state actors, non-state forces in mm. warfare is these small swarms of suicide drones right. also used by state actors as well. Um, but which can be very effective, right? Uh, and they were using them against like air bases in Afghanistan. Germany had a gun that could just like automatically track and shoot down these things. Obviously, those are shooting down projectiles. They're not killing people. But like this, this sort of technology is advancing at a pretty rapid rate, right? And we're seeing t the, the actual era where this becomes a possibility, like the use of all these things. Again, I should remind you, like it is not like you are not taking out of your time out of your day to like trip out every day at the fact that there are literal fucking flying robots all around the world. I sound like fucking Louis C.K. here. Like it's so incredible. But like there are actual flying robots like around the world that like can just blow a guy up at a fucking moment, a push of a button from a fucking you know gamer fucking you know, setup in in Nevada, mm. right? I mean this shit is this this is not we are we are leaving the realm of the theoretical and entering the realm of the practical. And it's best to like actually figure out this stuff before it actually happens because a big a big you know thing that you know from the Silicon Valley types is move fast and break things and like progress and that any technological advancement is necess necessarily synonymous with progress right mm. and like you know call me fucking crazy. But, like, you see all this progress that we've made with, like, the, you know, the internet technology in the past 20 years. It has made the world an actively significantly worse place, right? And it's like imagine that, you know, that sort of same sort of technological leaps and bounds put to creating artificial intelligence or fucking, uh, you know, or, 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 or robots or better robots or robots that have artificial intelligence. I mean I'll tell you one thing is, is – the reason, like you know, we 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 don't want to we don't want to be we don't want fucking people killing animals, right? We don't want like you know people abusing animals, killing animals, right? Is because like you know, first of all, that's, that that says something about our moral moral and ethical duty to like other living beings, mm -hmm. right? And like you know, the thing is with a cop, you know, I dealt with a lot of cops. I actually have had the pleasure of both being, um, you know. Uh, you know, they're droned, not, but not in, in a, probably the smallest sense of it, but, you know, having had a drone drop explosives, 
Uh, and also, I've had a gun pointed at me by the SFPD in the alley across from the Mexican gay bar on fucking 16th. And I have been subject to both of those things. A man pulls a gun at me, even if that man is a piece of shit, that is still a man, right? On some level, still a man. And a man that I can reason with, I can talk to, at, at, generally not if they're a cop, but, you know, there is that possibility there. They were born a human being with a soul. And like a, 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 an AI or a robot or whatever, you know, it, specifically I guess this would be AI or an algorithmically driven robot, whatever, um, you know, these things, you know, maybe I'm sure that they'll eventually create some AI that has like less uh, accidental – not accidental but like unnecessary use of force incidents than like a flesh and blood police officer, mm. right? And that they're going to be like able to do like I, – I, eventually depending on what administration's in power, which way the public wind is blowing is going to be like, look, we've made an anti-racist police officer a robot cop, <laughs> right? Uh, or so they're going to use something like that. I'm sure that these these tests will be done and they'll do these kind of things. It's like at the end of the day, though, like if someone's going to pull the trigger on me, it's like I want a beating heart <laughs> somewhere behind that gun, you know? And like – or if someone's going to pull out a gun at me at all. And it's like a, a, a robot can be programmed or fed data that gives it a simulacrum of an emotion or a heart or a, you know, a moral – Compass. It can have its moral. It can have an implanted moral moral compass, um, but it can never actually have a, have a real one. And it's like, and it can learn these things. And I'm sure these fucking nerds will be like, well, it learns them in the same way that we all learn them. First of all, I fucking despise you. But it's not. It does not have like the same like flesh and blood like connection to the earth and to the uh, to the peoples upon it. And so like it is. I'm. I gotta say, they're our fucking enemy. That's why we say no robots here. No robots. No robot. No more robots. That's the true anon. True anon. No more robots. No more robots. No more robots. And you know what, Liz? I can guarantee you this, my sweet little Malsheri, that some fucking nerd who listens to this show will be like, "Well, this is a robot. This is a robot." Listen, we know what the robots are. Yeah, you know when you see it. We know when you see it. You know, I don't need to get into this. We're not Lex Friedman over here, right? We're human beings. <laughs> I hate this little guy. Let me tell you what. Let me let me talk about this Lex Frid, Friedman Friedman guy for a second. Now that is an AI if I've ever seen one. So much has happened, Liz. I know. With us and with the world, but also just in the, <laughs> you know, we have, we've been on tour, but. It's with, so nice to be back. It's so nice to be back. Hear about this Kanye West guy? No, who's that? Well, it's an interesting little fella. He's like a sort of like an. Uh, <laughs> How tall is Kanye? He is huge, like 5'10", 5'11". Wait, how tall is Actually, he? Actually, how tall is he? 5'8". He's really 5'8"? Yeah, he's got to be shorter. So he's 5'8"? Like no, so that's internet 5'8", means he's real life 5'6". I'm towering over this motherfucker yeah. at a hard 5'8.25 inches. Yeah, he is um, – you see Alex Jones and, uh, no, and I, Steve Crowder. Steve Crowder. Steve, Steve. Crowder. Turn, yeah, that's how I call him. You know, <laughs> Steve and Crowder, they turned against Nick Fuentes. I got to tell you, this past two weeks has been a disaster for us kind, gentle, loving people who are trying to rehabilitate Adolf Hitler. Oh, my God. I mean, my God. 50 years of work I've been engaging in. Down the drain, the charlatan. Um, that's the real psyop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, should be the new. That should be the new like crazy right wing. 
theory that all of those guys are psyop. Is that there? That literally that? is the theory. Oh, no, yes. <laughs> yes. It's like they're like they're trying to shit coat Trump or whatever. Um, Here's the thing. It's what I gotta tell you. I, I forgot know, about Trump. He is he still running? Uh you know, it's funny because he declared, right? Yeah. And then just we didn't really hear much after that. No. Yeah. Whimper. Did he declare or was it just rumored he was gonna declare? No, I think he did. He did declare, right? It's just been such a nothing after that. That's you know, you know what? I think they should have to go, I do declare. I and do, then we would know. I do declare that I'm running for the president <laughs> yeah. of well, the southern <laughs> states of America. Uh yeah, he is uh you know, well he had you know, he had dinner with like uh, Kanye and Fuentes and some Trump other, did? yeah, and then some know Boeing any of fucking cocksucker. Uh, I had to get back in the game. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's very much. He's, I don't think he's in the. I think Ron DeSanctimonious is is. It's is weird to be calling? running your reelection campaign from the state where the other guy's governor. Yeah, he's. I don't like him. You I mean, I've him. except <laughs> obviously, <laughs> and but I mean, not just for the obvious things. He looks so clammy. Ron DeSantis. He looks like he's very. I've just just two hours ago, Vin, Vincent Martini says the same thing to me. No way. Out of he's just like Ron DeSantis. He's a very wet clammy. man. Yeah, he's doesn't he seem very wet? He's he's he does seem like a a, a moist fellow. I think he's gonna Marco Rubio himself. Gay? No, like he's gonna do a classic. Like everyone's like, this is my guy. This is the guy. And it's like it's like, this like is not the guy. It's crazy. People were really like Marco Rubio's our guy. Yeah, that they're, was still, crazy. they're still trying to make that one happen. I got every, you know, every. What did years. Trump call him? Little Marco. Little Marco. <laughs> that's a see. That's so much better. Little Marco is crazy. Yeah, it compare goes crazy. that to fucking Ronda Sanctimonious. That doesn't work. You know why? Because I don't think Trump wrote that. Oh yeah, this yeah. I, you know, this is your theory that I get behind. Trump's not. No, no. Patriots are not in control right no. now. No, <laughs> there's so many ghostwriters. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no. Well, I think they just made the one, but he's yeah. just just call him Clammy Ron. Clammy Ron is good. Yeah. <laughs> no one's gonna vote for Clammy Ron. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. It's it's Ugh. crazy to see the battle lines getting drawn here. But you know what? I mean, fucking egg on our faces. We were Kamala first people, and now it's like I don't even know if they're gonna run her. I don't know. I'm down. still Kamala first. I'm you know tell what? You. Let's go full lady. Because look, he, we here at Trunon, we're straight shooters. We rem- we are hardcore. Still remain. Jill Stein voters. We're we're Stein all the way down. We're Stein all the way <laughs> so down. So what we're saying is, Kamala, let's reprise this role as VP. You've done such a great job. Uh huh. But get behind Stein. Yeah. Yeah. You Jill gotta get Stein. behind Stein. Hey, Jewish? get behind Stein. She's Jewish. I think so. She doesn't look like it. No. I don't no. know anything about her. I gotta say, Kamala, very funny. Uh, she's having a renaissance right now. Yeah, everyone's everything's coming up, Kamala. I don't know if I would go that far at all. I would I just say mean people in terms are laughing of, at her probably in greater numbers than ever before. This is like before. what I call okay. So every NBA season, the beginning of every NBA season, mm-hmm. you can kind of catch the vibe of like where everyone's going in terms of like low key. Let's call them the hipster teams. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Of like, I'm rooting for these guys. They're this, these are. The fun watch league pass. These are like the league Bushwick pass whites. What I would call league pass sleepers. Uh huh. Which is you know no one thinks that they want to watch this, but this is you know classic. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. two to three years, everyone's gonna be like, man, this squad is fucking fantastic, right? I feel that afoot with Kamala, and I have for about the past six months. In that, ev- it's really been eight months where everyone's just like, God, she's so funny. We misjudged her. It's ironic, yeah. of course. 
but she's you know she's got some ironic power that I think she, she does should, have some, she can yeah. tap into. Except her, the team is going to ruin it for everyone. That little girl was me. Yeah, that little girl. If was the me. team gets wind of the ironic power of Kamala, her internal team, uh-huh. the whole thing's going to be dead in the water. You think her and Doug Emhoff are fucking? You guys, it's great to be it's back. It's so good. It's I'm so good so to be back. I'm so happy to be back to do podcasting, and we are so excited to announce that this was the last episode that Brace and I will be doing because now chatbots will be scripting the entire. Can you, can you entire... kill time for like another minute? We'll be no. All right, fine. You never I'll know just what talk to with... say when you do that. Okay. Then I just like freeze up and I can't talk. Let me ask you a question. Why Liz? don't we just tell him to pause recording and we'll start No, in a no, 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 no. We're podcasting right now. No, the whole thing of podcasts can get edited. It's not live radio. Okay, pause here. All right, look at the end of the document, the very end. Oh, no. No, you didn't put it in yet. Oh, fuck. Wait, I got oh, to switch up the verse chorus structure. Oh, my God. Hold on. Hold on. I'm getting there. This is how the fucking... We never oh, no. we never do the live editing while while we're going here. We can switch off verses if you'd like. Um, oh, my God. But I think we, I think it's time to start. Okay. Let's switch, switch off. Okay. Are you going to start? No, you are. Oh. No. Okay. I, I'll start. No, it's fine. Oh, God. Liz Franzak is a real cool host, inviting her guests. She's never boast. But when Brace Belden came to town, she had a plan that would turn the tables around. She offered him, well, this is not how this happened, but okay. She offered him a co-host of the True and On podcast, but only if he'd admit to shaving his legs. I don't do that. Brace knew that it was a test of his will, but he refused, ready to remain standing still. Which is ironic because actually the reason that my legs don't have any hair on them right now is due to aerodynamics, but I didn't shave them. It just fell off. Oh, this is the course. Oh, Liz Franzak, the hostess with the mostest, offering a co-host a rat in exchange to Brace Belden's admission. It was a deal that seemed too good to be true, but it didn't stop Liz from trying to make it through. The rat was a special one, young Chomsky by name, living in a hole in Central Park, he'd claim. He was excited at the offer made by the host, and he and said he'd be delighted if Brace just said toast. But Brace held his ground, his pride in the way. He refused to admit that he shaves his legs that day. So young Chomsky stayed in his hole, and Liz stayed host, and Trunon is still going, so that's not a total loss. Oh, Liz. This doesn't even make any sense. Oh, Liz Franzak, the hostess with the mostest, offering a co-host a rat in exchange for Brace Belden's admission. It was a deal that seemed too good to be true, but it didn't stop Liz from trying to make it through. It's a funny thing this deal Liz made. She said she'd give the co-host to a rat, unafraid. But Brace Belden kept his pride and said no. So young Chomsky stayed in his hole in Central Park, not ready to go. But Liz still hosts the show, her voice ringing out strong, inviting guests and conversations that go on and on. True and on is still going, and it's worth a listen. And Liz Franzak is still the one to thank for that decision. Okay, I think it ends well. I think so, too. And you know what? I I got to tell you, I've created some other rap. I didn't think that the other raps would be okay for us to read on here. Yeah, they aren't. They, they are aren't. not okay. But th- I feel like this one was appropriate. Yeah. Um, one second. I'm actually going to come up with a, a quick way for us to say goodbye. Okay. Can you just read this? Can you read this? 
No, I can't. You can't read this? No. Young Chomsky, could you give her a hint? Could you could you maybe see see what you're reading here? Dual wielding middle fingers, Liz. Dual wielding. And that is why I'll never replace Brace with a robot. <laughs> but I would gladly replace you with an even shorter woman that I could tower over and act like a tyrant in front of. Now, I'm hungry. I don't want to do the episode. I'm going to be four hours late today. Ugh. You know what? The rap studio next door to us literally stopped playing beats really loud right as we're ending the show. I know. Which is... But you know what? We pushed through it. We pushed through it. You know what? We did. And we're back. We're podcasting. We're back in the seat. We've got some great episodes coming up for you guys. We're doing an episode. No, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not, not going to lie. I'm like, wait, tell me. What I'm not going to lie. No, 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 no. You'll see when she shows up. Oh, my God. I'm Liz. My name is Brace the Robot Belden. And, of course, we are joined by producer Young Chomsky and our faithful friend C-3PO. Don't get technical with me. And this has been True On. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Jeffrey Epstein.